made it out to the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. Uh, we're going to move forward in the Holy Ghost. And I feel the Lord leading us um, to a series of studies on Wednesday night on the topic of consecration. And we're going to be talking for us for a number of weeks on our midweek service on the topic of consecration. If you have your Bibles, James chapter 5 and verse number 16. Amen. Why don't we stand to our feet one more time in reverence to the word of the Lord. James chapter 5 and verse number 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain. And the earth brought forth her fruit. And if you have, if you can skip over to the, uh, skip backwards in your Bible to the book of Romans chapter 15 and verse number 4. The book of Romans chapter 15 and 4. Amen. Romans chapter 15 and 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. One more time. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. They were written for our learning. And uh, for a few moments tonight, I want to talk about impactful praying. Impactful praying. Amen. Let's set our Bibles aside. Let's ask the Lord to help us tonight. Amen. God, we come before you in this place. We give you our praise. We give you our undivided attention. I pray, Lord, by the power of the Holy Ghost, Lord, for your spirit to bring revelation, to bring understanding, God. To solidify an understanding of the word of the Lord as it relates to prayer tonight, God. I pray, Lord, that throughout the course of this night and this service, God, that you would allow a burden of prayer to fall upon your people tonight. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be a praying church. Help us, Lord, to not just pray dry, meaningless prayers, God, but let let us pray with impact. Let us pray the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous people that brings about change in our world and in our atmosphere. In the name of Jesus, will not fail to give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, God bless you. You may be seated. Impactful praying. Impactful praying. You were designed to live in regular, ongoing fellowship with your Creator and Lord. You, amen. Put, point your finger at yourself and say, me. Me, I was designed to live in regular ongoing fellowship with my creator. And without that continuous and deepening bond, you will never fulfill the destiny that God has planned for your life. And you will never reach that full potential, amen, for all that he has on earth for you to be and for you to do. Amen. But if, We as the people of God, 
amen, will engage in a continuous and deepening bond with the Lord and have a regular ongoing fellowship with God. If you and I as a church and as individuals and as families tonight will have that ongoing, amen, a regular fellowship with God, I believe that we can experience, amen, the fullness that God has for our church and for our families. And furthermore, the maintenance of your relationship with God. The maintenance of your relationship with God takes active, purposeful, purposeful thought, self-discipline, and intentionality in order to succeed. The maintenance, I want you to hear me carefully, the maintenance of your relationship with God takes active and purposeful thought and self-discipline in order to succeed. Amen. You have to have a made up mind. I'm going to be purposeful. I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to practice self-discipline. Amen. That I might have a relationship with God and fellowship with my maker. It takes active participation on your part. In other words, you can't sit back passively. Say, well, if, if I find time throughout the course of my day, then maybe I'll pray. But I'm going to be active. I'm going to, if you're a very disciplined person, you're going to pencil it into your day. You're going to schedule it. Amen. If you're, if you're not that disciplined, you're going to put it in your mind. I'm going to make time and I'm going to pray at this particular time every day. Uh, I'm going to be very active and purposeful. Right. I'm going to plan out, amen, as I'm getting ready to start uh, Thursday tomorrow. I'm going, to, I'm going to figure out in my mind, I'm going to pray at this time. I'm going to make, a, I'm make it a point to pray and to seek God. Almost every relationship in your life takes focus and initiative if it is to succeed. If, you're, if you want a successful marriage relationship, amen, you've got to be purposeful and intentful, amen, with Planning dates. Amen. With planning time. And you'll find in a marriage relationship, marriage relationship, if you begin to get careless with your spouse and, and that creating that bond, and you begin to drift away and you begin to neglect the having communication and spending time with your spouse, and you will begin to drift apart. And you will begin to feel like I don't even really know this person anymore. You, you, you begin to notice that there's a there's separation happening between you and your spouse. And that's because you did not purposefully foster a healthy relationship. And it can happen to anybody. It can happen to anybody. Amen. As you begin to get busy with the things of this life, things that are not bad in and of themselves, but if other things begin to encroach into your life and begin to uh, encroach upon your prayer life and you begin to go further in in your life and you begin to realize I haven't spent time with God and I haven't even talked in tongues in a while. I haven't built that relationship with my God. You got a girlfriend or boyfriend tonight and you begin to not talk to them for a while. They'll begin to ask you, what's going on? We don't talk anymore. Why, why don't you text me? Why don't you message me? Why don't you call me? Why don't you? Why do you avoid me at school? And and you know you you remember when you were dating? You begin to wonder what's going on. Right. Because it's it's being it's that constant interaction with the other person that creates that relationship. That's why we make a big deal about uh, about having relationships in the house of God. 
Because if you begin to uh, create distance between you and others in the church, you're going to draw closer to somebody else outside of the church. And there's a lots of things that begin to happen when that takes place. But God loves this church. And God loves you. And God loves your family. And God wants you uh, to succeed in your walk with Him. And your life more generally. And He knows even better than you do your need for His abiding influence and presence in your life. And so that you would know how to live, He has made plain in His Scriptures, in the Word of God, how you are to commune with Him on a daily basis. And we're going to talk about some of the nuts and bolts tonight, some of the basic things. And hopefully we can get somewhere tonight and further your understanding of the Word of God as it relates to prayer. Amen. Just to quickly define prayer, what is prayer? Somebody tell me tonight, what is prayer? Communication Communication with God. One person, I I like the way that they put it, it's the application of the heart to God. It's applying, amen, the issues and the things in your heart and applying it to God and, and opening up yourself to God. Opening up yourself to God. Amen. You can even have a relationship with somebody in this world and they can recognize it's kind of a superficial relationship because you're not opening up. You're not being vulnerable. That's right. When you, If you want to go deeper in God, you've got to open up your heart to him. You've got to sometimes lift up your hand and say, God, I'm, I'm opening up myself. I'm lifting up my head. I'm opening up myself to you because I want relationship. I want to, I want to if you will, be vulnerable before the Lord. I want you, to, I want you to, to touch my life. I want you to move in my life. Amen. The question is, do I have to pray? Amen. How many times have we asked uh, either our parents growing up or somebody in the church, do I have to pray? Is it a necessity? Amen. Is it a necessity to pray? Amen. I'm going to ask you tonight, how else do you build a relationship with God? How else do you build a relationship with God except you pray? How else can you know him? The book of Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21. The the Lord Jesus himself said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? What's that word prophesied mean? Many times in scripture means preach. Preach the word of God in your name. There is going to be even preachers that say, God, I preached in the name of Jesus. I prophesied in the name of Jesus. I prophesied in your name. God, we've even seen supernatural demonstrations of your spirit. There's been demons cast out. Preachers. The Bible says that the righteous scarcely be saved, where will the sinner and the ungodly appear? There's going to be people that say, have we not preached in your name and prophesied and, and cast out devils and in thy name have done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Do you have that on the, on the screen, Sister Gina? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And God is implying you have to have a relationship with him. If you want to get to heaven, you've got to have your own personal walk with God. 
As, as a young person tonight, you can only go so far relying on mom and dad's prayers. You've got to have your own personal walk with God. You've got to be able to say, I know him for myself. When you get to heaven, amen, I want, I want the Lord to say, Fapo, I recognize you. We've been talking a lot lately. What a relationship we have. Come on up. It's going to be that relationship that makes the difference. Amen. So do we have to pray? Yes. Because how else do you build a relationship with God? Some of the questions I was writing down as I was preparing for this tonight is how often should we pray? These are questions, amen, perhaps uh, we may not talk about a whole lot, but how often should we pray? Who wants to try and give an answer to that one? Every day. Because Luke chapter 18, verse number one, says it like this, talking about Jesus. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Hebrews 13 and 15 says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. There's a lot of, as you search out the scriptures, there's a lot of scriptures in the Bible that begin to get even more plain and more clear about how often we should pray. There's a lot of verses in the Bible that uh, imply you should pray twice a day. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 9. With my soul have I desired thee in the night. Yea, with my spirit within me will I seek thee early. For when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. It seems to imply from Isaiah 26 and 9, a twice a day, morning and night. Another scripture in the Bible says, from the rising of the sun. And to the going down of the same, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse number 4. The one that was building, that was tasked with rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse number 4. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God, that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open, that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now, day and night. Day and night. For the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house have sinned. We should pray every day. Amen. I'll say that so we all hear. We should pray every day. Every day of your life, you should find time to pray. Every day of your life, you should find time to pray. If you pray in the morning, if you pray in the nighttime, amen, there's never a bad time to pray. But every day you've got to pray. And I'll say it like this. If there's a day where you were having church, whether it be a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning, you need to pray before you we start service. Whether you do that at home or whether you come early and pray in the house of the Lord. Amen. We've got to come ready to go. Amen. We cannot afford, amen, to have church where we're trying to 
pray people through in the service because this, the church did not pray before they got here. But we've got to make sure that we either pray, we either come early and we pray here, or we make time and we pray at home before we get here. Right. We've got to be a praying church. Yes. Yes. This has got to be a church that knows how to pray. Yes. Amen. Some of the questions that I continue to write down preparing was how long should we pray? How long should we pray? There's a lot of different ways we could probably answer that tonight. Amen. Sometimes we, uh, you've heard it preached, pray until something happens. Uh, we encourage people that are barely starting out in their walk with the Lord to start with five minutes of day of prayer. But notice I said to start with that. Not let, don't let that be the end game. I pray my five minutes of prayer a day and then I'm good. Because there's a specific example in the word of the Lord. And it's found in the book of Matthew chapter number 26. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to go there with me. The book of Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26 and verse number 36. Then cometh Jesus with him unto a place called Gethsemane. This is a garden of Gethsemane that he went and he prayed at before the crucifixion was to take place. He came to a place called Gethsemane and said unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And verse 39 says, And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples. Jesus had finished his time of praying in the garden and he came to find his disciples. And verse 40 says, He cometh unto his disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, What? Could ye not pray with me one hour? What could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Amen. I'm going to tell you tonight, it should be your aim to pray an hour a day. And I, I, I believe that there's Bible for that. You should aim personally to pray an hour a day. Whether you pray a whole 60 minutes at one shot, or you break it up and you pray 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes at night. That should be the aim of a mature Christian, a mature child of God. To pray an hour a day. That should be your aim. God help me to do it. There were times I remember as a kid. Where I would watch the clock. Man it was the longest hour of my day. It was the longest hour of my life. Just watching the clock. Trying to think of all the words. Man I ran out of words. I don't even know what to say anymore. I used them all in the first two minutes. And I got another 58 minutes to go. This is the hardest thing. That was because I was praying with my head though. And what I mean by that is I was praying all the things I can remember up here and I was not yet opening my heart to God. 
Because when I begin to open my heart to God, amen, the, the tears begin to come and the minutes begin to, they begin to fly by and I begin to go somewhere in God and I begin to look at the time and say, man, I already prayed an hour and it felt like a few minutes. Because I begin to open my heart to God. I begin to talk to God. Amen. I'm going to tell you uh, another uh, verse in the scripture in the Bible is the book of Acts chapter 3 and verse number 1. It says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. Amen. They had a regular time that they went to pray. They had a regular hour of the day that they went to pray. And furthermore, these men of God, Peter and John, went to the house of God to pray. They went to God's house to pray. Where is that tonight? It's right here where we are sitting tonight. This is the house of God. This place. A scripture in the, in the, in the Gospels, one of the accounts that we uh, talk about is Jesus when he got the whip, Brother Miguel. And he got that whip and he got into the temple. And he began to whip the people, the animals that day, whatever it was. Amen. Causing a ruckus. And he began to turn over tables. And he began to, he began, you began to see and read about the fury of God. And he began to become angry because he said, what? My house shall be called the house of prayer. This place is the house of prayer. Amen. It's beautiful to pray at home. But it's even more beautiful to come and pray at the church. Amen. This place is a house of prayer. This is not just a place where we have service. But this should be a place where you come to pray. This should be a place where you say, you know what? I know it's not Wednesday night yet. I know it's not Sunday morning yet. But I just want to go to the church house and pray. I want to make my way to the house of God and pray. One of the things that we've done over this 21 days of praying and fasting, we made it a point. We're going to open the church house every every night at seven o'clock for prayer. There's been a few of us, but not every one of us. But it, you know what? We can make time. If we could make time to just come and pray. God, I'm just gonna. I gotta pray anyways. It's only a few minutes down the road. I'm just gonna go and pray. And God will honor that sacrifice. God will honor that effort. Amen. Praying, 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 praying. We're going to quickly talk about different types of prayer. Uh, there's a whole lot we can talk about with different types of prayer. Uh, one of the first ones is current versus memorial. Current versus memorial. The book of Acts chapter 10 and verse number 1 gives the account of a man by the name of Cornelius. The Bible says there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. A devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. Cornelius was a man that prayed not just one time. He prayed a lot of times. He prayed over and over and over and over again. And his prayer was not answered the first time he prayed. But Cornelius had to keep praying. He had to keep praying. God, I haven't gotten my answer to my prayer yet. But I'm going to keep praying. 
God, I haven't felt like that you answered my prayer the way that I want it to be, so I'm going to keep praying. God, I haven't seen it yet, God, but I'm going to keep praying because I know that you hear me. I know that you hear me. That prayer that Cornelius prayed was a memorial type prayer. It was one in which, amen, he, he just continued to pray. And it was a memorial that came up as a memorial before the Lord. And God eventually said, I've got to come down and answer his prayer because I've got to hear his prayer. I've got to come down and respond right now. There's other times when somebody just says, Jesus, fill me with the Holy Ghost right now. And God just says, boom. Gives him the Holy Ghost in an instant. That's a current type of prayer. Whatever type of prayer you feel like you're in tonight, you're praying. Amen. Don't give up praying if you don't see your prayer answered right away. There's a story in the Bible about the unjust judge and the woman that had that, uh, that uh, characteristic called importunity. There was an unjust judge the Lord talked about. Amen. And there was a woman that just kept on pressing, that just kept on coming and just kept on knocking, just kept on asking until finally the unjust judge says, just to get her off my back, give her what she wants. Because she had that determination, that that dog spirit that said, I'm not going to let go. You might find yourself praying some prayers and you say, man, God hasn't answered my prayer. I wonder if he's hearing my prayer. You might find yourself in a memorial type praying. There's a whole host of things that goes on when we pray. The Bible tells us about the prophet Daniel on his own 21 day fast. And the Bible says that he began praying and fasting for 21 days. And he never got a response in the first or second or third days that he prayed. But it was it was a few days. It was after a while into his In his 21 days of prayer and fasting that the angel of the Lord came down and said, when you started praying the first time, Daniel, there was a war that began to rage in heaven. There was a war that began to rage in heaven. I I, I was ready to answer your prayer, but I I, I faced resistance in heaven. I want to pray a prayer that causes heaven to go to war. I want to pray some serious, some deep prayers. Amen. When was the last time you prayed for your family, your unsafe family to be saved? When was the last time you just rolled on the floor and cried and sighed and said, God, give me this soul. God, give me this soul. God, don't let him, don't let her be lost. Don't let him be lost. Moving to the subject, another type of prayer is a prayer of intercession. Romans chapter 8 and 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. If you've been living for God for any length of time, you've probably heard about intercessory prayer. It is a deep place of prayer that I believe comes when you Showed God, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be dependable. God, you can count on me, God. I'll be, I'll be that river of the Spirit. I'm not looking to hold up anything, God. If you want to move on my life to pray for somebody else, then let it, let it be so. I've told the story. I'll tell it again. Amen. Years ago, when we were in San Jose, on a prayer, on a night, a prayer meeting, I believe it was, my mom felt a burden for me and my brother Israel. 
my older brother Israel. She began weeping and crying and praying and groaning and interceding for me and Israel. And we were right next to her. We were in the same building. Everything looked to be okay. But she said, I've got a burden for Israel and for Nathan. And I'm going to pray. Because I don't know what it is about, but I'm just going to pray. And I believe it was the next day that we were driving. She was driving down, driving the car down the, uh, uh, through the intersection there in San Jose. Israel was in the front passenger seat. And I was in the seat right behind him. We were both on the right side of the car. And as we were going through the green light, as I, the story has told me, we were going through the green light on the intersection. You can go through green lights. You don't have to hit the brakes. But on this particular day, amen, my mom was driving and planning to go right through the intersection and, and just take the green light. And something just slammed on the brakes. Not her doing it, but something slammed on the brakes in the middle of that intersection. And at a split second, a car from the right side just flew right in front of us. And within a few hairs, missed our car. Would have killed instantly me and Israel. Except a mama knew how to pray. Except a mama was said, I was praying before the Lord. And I felt that burden lift. And I knew at that moment, that was when God. That was why God had me pray. There's going to be times in your walk with God. You don't know why you're praying for another individual. You don't know what's going on. God, I don't understand. All I can do is weep and cry and pray for them. And maybe I'll know down the road that's the reason why uh, you moved on me to intercede on their behalf. Amen. I felt that spirit of intercession on me just a few days ago. Praying for a friend that I have, I've known a long time and is away from God. And when you feel it, amen, you can't shake it. It'll just come and come and come. That's a very powerful type of prayer. And I believe God's people should know how to intercede for somebody. There's another type of prayer. Sometimes you come before the Lord. And sometimes he just says, don't ask me for nothing. Just thank me for all the things I've done. When you come before me today, just Thank me. I know you've got issues. I know you've got needs. I know you're dealing with circumstances and situations in your life. But all I want you to do tonight is just thank me. And just give me praise. And just worship me for all the things I've done. And sometimes in the middle of you just thanking God for all the things he's done in your life. God will move supernaturally and provide for the thing that you really have need of. But God just wants you to trust him. God wants you to, to worship him in faith, God. God, I know that I'm sick in my body. I'd like you to ask me. I'd like, you to, I'd like to ask you to heal me. But God, I'm just going to thank you for providing. I'm going to thank you for all the things you've done. I'm going to thank you for saving me. I'm going to thank you for all the things you've done in my life. I'm going to thank you. I'm going to thank you. There's been times, amen, in, when I was growing up, that I would run out of words to say when I was praying. I'd feel like, man, I don't know what else to pray. And then I would get my Bible out and I'd turn to the book of Psalms. And I would start pacing the floor back and forth, reading the book of Psalms. And reading it as a prayer. Jesus, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And there's times you don't know what to pray. You get the word of the Lord out, open it up, and you begin to pray the word of God, and there's victories that come. There's been other times 
I'm trying to share with you some things that I believe will help you. There's been other times when I go to pray and I don't feel a thing. I don't know if you've ever been that way. I know everybody here is super spiritual. But there's been times we go to pray and we don't feel nothing. Man, your head's hurting and, and the kids are screaming and, and things are a wreck and you're just like, man, I don't know what's going on. Sometimes if you will sing unto the Lord, just begin to get an old song in your heart, a song of worship, and begin to sing unto the Lord. There's victories that will come. The book of Psalms, chapter 39 and 3, David said, My heart was hot within me while I was musing the fire burned. Then spake I with my tongue. Psalm 63 and 6. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. Amen. Talking in these scriptures about meditation. And putting your mind upon the Lord. Sometimes the reason we can't get through to God is because we're thinking about everything else in this world. And we haven't put our minds upon God. You need to be able to clear out your mind. You need to be able to turn off all the devices, put everything else aside, and just sometimes close your mouth, close your eyes, and put your mind upon the Lord. And just say, with your mind, God, I thank you. God, I want you to talk to me. I want to hear your voice. And there's something that happens, amen, when we begin to put our minds upon the Lord. You don't always have to talk when you're praying. Some of us, that's hard to do because we're so used, we're so programmed to when we pray, we just have to talk the whole time. And sometimes we never stop long enough and just say, okay, I'm just going to stop and I'm going to close my eyes. I'm just going to listen and I'm going to allow God to, to speak to me and to, to impress things upon my heart. Let God talk back to you. What a revelation. God can talk to you. God can talk to us. And it's in those times of meditation upon the Lord that you learn to hear his voice. And you learn to say, you know what? I can know God for myself. I can hear God for myself. Some people will take this topic of meditation and take it to the extreme and say, well, I'm just going to think upon the Lord and I'll never open my mouth and talk. I'm just going to pray silent prayers because Hannah prayed silent prayers. I'll just be a Hannah all my life. That's not the case. There has to be the balance. The, there's different manners of praying. For instance, Hannah, we just mentioned in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and 13, the Bible says, Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she had been drunken. There is going to be times in your walk with God when you face certain situations where you can't even get the words out. And it's praying from the depths of your soul. And you don't have any more words left to say. There's no strength in your body to, to articulate, to speak out those words. It's a place that God wants to take us. And there's many other times, amen, when we are praying out loud. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 5. And I'd like Brother Paul to, to stand and read this. 2 Chronicles, chapter 5, and verse 13 through 14. Second Chronicles, chapter 5, verse 13 through 14. 
Somebody say praise the Lord. Praise Amen. The Lord. We gotta make sure we stay awake and stay engaged tonight. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter five and verse thirteen and verse fourteen. Brother Paul, stand and read. came even to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. That then the house was filled with a cloud in the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud. The glory of the Lord and fill the house of God. Amen. Thank you, Brother Paul. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles that they lifted up their voice with the trumpets. They lifted up their voice with the trumpet. It wasn't a silent prayer meeting. It wasn't silent praise that night. It wasn't a sign language. It was lifting up your voice with the trumpets. Amen. And what happened when the church did that? The glory of the Lord filled the house. Amen. In case you haven't figured it out yet, this is an apostolic church. This is a loud church. Amen. Amen. We're not a silent group of Pentecostals. Amen. We're not called the silent Pentecostals of Lathrop. Amen. Amen. We are apostolic in our doctrine and Pentecostal in the experience. And 2 Chronicles tells us how how to worship God. There are times when you ought to lift your voice with the trumpets. Amen. And you ought to make a a loud noise unto the Lord. And worship Him with all of your heart. And not be worried about anybody else in in this auditorium. Not be worried about anybody else upstairs or down or outside or anywhere else. But you lift up your voice. And with all of your with all the energy you've got, you say, I worship you, Lord. I give you praise and glory. I magnify you, Lord. And I'm going to tell you as the church begins to lift her voice, as we begin to lift our eyes and we lift our hearts and we praise God, amen, the glory of the Lord will fill this place. The glory of the Lord will fill this place. I could tell you story after story of, amen, lifting up my voice. I lifted up my voice so loud in, in the one of the, uh, the the first condo where we lived, the neighbors would pound the walls. I don't know how else to pray sometimes. Amen. I like to pray with everything I've got. I would I would and this was when I first moved out. I, I would pray. I like to pray laying on the floor by the Walmart with my face in the floor and ended up on the second floor of the apartment. I was too naive to know any better. And I scream with all of my heart, Jesus, just praying, praying, praying. And the neighbors at, un, underneath me, they got some, I don't know what it was, it seemed like it was a shotgun, and just began to wham, wham, wham. I was like, oh my God, they're going to shoot me. And I, I, I was like, man, I guess they can hear me. <laughs> so I, I began to, when I would pray a little bit more uh, in moderation. And if I really need to pray, I'd put my face in a pillow in the bed. And even then, sometimes I'd hear them and say, man, uh, Brother Paul wouldn't mind if I share a story. But him and Raina were praying so hard. Amen. And uh, the neighbors called the cops. 
What's going on over there? They're screaming and they're, it's, I don't know what's going on. They called the cops and they were praying and Brother Paul heard the doorbell ring and the cops at the door, is everything okay, sir? Yes, everything's fine. Wiping his eyes. And, why are you crying? I don't know. Because we pray with all of our hearts. I was talking to some of the folks here in the, in the building and they said, oh, I know what kind of church you guys are. I can hear you. They're probably hearing me now. I said, I know you guys You guys talk in tongues. Amen. We're not trying to be Christians in disguise. Yeah. We're not trying to be undercover Christians. Amen. Amen. We, I believe in lifting up my voice. Yeah. Amen. Thank the Lord I live in a, a single family home. I don't have to worry about neighbors. Amen. Beating the walls and, and, and so forth. But uh, I can lift my voice. And when we first got into this building here, uh, the, I was, we were walking the floor with the owner, and uh, I said, you know, uh, we're kind of loud. Is that okay? I know there's neighbors up there. He said, don't you worry about them one bit. So I got your word, brother. You told me. I'm just going to let you know. Disclaimer. We're a loud bunch. And I, I believe in lifting up my voice like a trumpet as much as I can. And there's something about also praying the Holy Ghost. There's something about praying the Holy Ghost. Jude 1 and 20 says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Sometimes God just wants you to pray in the Spirit. Amen. It's wonderful and there's a whole lot, there's different sides and aspects of praying. You need to be able to articulate your need before the Lord and pray in a known tongue, English or Spanish, whatever you feel more comfortable in. But there's other times God says, I want you just to pray in the Holy Ghost. I want you to just talk in tongues. If your daily time of prayer is only your first language, you're not going deep enough. If you're, if the only language you talk when you pray is just English or just Spanish or just whatever the small language is, you're missing out. Now, on the contrary, if all you do is talk in tongues the whole time, you're, are you really articulating your, are you really talking to the Lord? I mean, you, there, there's a balance. There, there needs to be where, you, you know, you're, you're praying the Holy Ghost, but you're also able to talk to the Lord and say, I love you, Jesus. Jesus, help my family. Jesus, I want you to minister to these needs. I want you to to move in my life. Jesus, there's this need that I, I want to make you aware of. And you begin to talk to the Lord. And you begin to communicate with him. And, and that's how you build a relationship with the Lord. Amen. Sometimes when you pray, you find yourself or you feel a need to kneel down. There's lots of uh, examples in the Bible of kneeling before the Lord. And kneeling down before the Lord is humbling. And it also helps you to focus your prayers, to focus your mind upon the Lord. Kneeling down is, is humbling yourself before the Lord. And it's saying, God, I recognize you're a greater power than I am. I need you, God. I'm humbling myself. It's a humbling thing to get on bed to knee before the Lord and say, God, help me. I don't, I don't have what, I, what it takes. I need your help. And furthermore, kneeling down helps you to focus your mind upon the Lord. There's other times you pray and you feel like 
laying prostrate on the floor, just laying face down the floor and talking with the Lord and pouring out your heart before the Lord. There's other times when you feel like, you know what, if I, if I kneel down and pray, especially if I lay cross on the floor and pray, I'm going to fall asleep. It's a very real thing. Amen. Sometimes that's, that need to sleep is strong. And you feel like, you know what, man, I am so tired. If I kneel down and pray right now, I'm going to be sleeping in five minutes flat or less. So I'm going to walk back and forth. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to keep my eyes open. I'm going to swing my arms. I'm going to just move. I'm going to move a little bit because I don't want to fall asleep. And you're, you're, you're forcing yourself. You're being purposeful. You're, you're having active faith. You're saying, God, I'm going to pray. God, I'm going to stay awake. I'm going to keep my mind upon you. God, I'm going to get a hold of you, God. Whatever it takes, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. One of the things that we, we probably never talk about, but we do it a lot. And sometimes you probably wonder, man, is there even Bible for this? How many has ever prayed over their food? There's every hand. Amen. Praying over your food. Amen. There's a lot of reasons why we do that. We, we open up this message, this uh, teaching tonight, talking in front of the book of Romans 15 and 4. What sort of things were written aforetime were written for our learning. And so if we move to uh, the book of Matthew chapter 14. And verse number 19, talking about Jesus, it says, And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fishes. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and brake and gave the loaves to his fishes and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up the fragments that remained. Twelve baskets full. I read that kind of fast, but let me read it one more time. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fishes and looking up to heaven, he blessed and break. And then he gave the loaves to the disciples. Jesus, that example for all of us, prayed over his food. The book of Acts chapter 27 and 35, talking about the apostle Paul. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God. In in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. Amen. We pray over our food. We pray in Jesus' name over our food. And you know what happens when we do that? Amen. God helps us to be a light to our world. Because how many times have you been in a restaurant and you looked across the the scene area and you saw somebody else praying? He said, hey, there's a Christian. There's a believer. And, And... People recognize that. When people, when you go to a restaurant, let's not be ashamed or bashful or embarrassed or timid to bow our heads and pray and ask God to bless our food. Sometimes, in the in the course of what we're talking about tonight, there are there should be many times. I would say actually a little differently. You should pray with your family every day. Families that pray together stay together. Families that pray together stay together. I can't tell you how many times I remember as a kid us having family prayer. And so many times in those nights of praying, my dad would come alongside me and put his arm around me and say, it's okay, son. I'm going to help you pray. Jesus, help us today. 
Here's how you pray, son. And I began to listen to him. And I began to, he began to kind of coach me. There's something about a father or a mother that puts their arm around their child and says, I'm going to help you pray. I'm not going to condemn you. I'm not going to uh, say, man, why haven't you learned to pray yet? I'm just going to put my arm around him and say, let me show you pray. This is how we pray. We're going to do it unto the Lord. Something about a parent putting their arm around their kids and helping them to pray. I make it a regular practice, amen, to take this little one in my arms and, and pray with her. If there's one thing I want to give little Lene, I want to give her the ability to know how to pray. I want her to say, Dad and Mom taught me how to pray. I watched them pray every day. I watched them model it for me. And I want her to learn how to pray. I want that to be a gift I give this little one to know how to pray. And that should be something that all of us say, I'm going to pass down to the next generation. I, I love, and I'm still thinking about the video I saw some years ago of little Jenna Hoyle all by herself. Mom and dad were, they, she didn't know mom and dad were watching recording. She was there praying, Jesus, you're worthy. How, that was like a year or two ago. How old was she then? Maybe three? Two, two years old. Worthy Jesus. Love you, Lord. That's a beautiful thing to pass down to your kids. How to pray. And they, they say, I saw mom and dad do this. I see them do it a lot. And I want to pray like mom and dad. Some have said, and we're, we're coming to a close. Amen. There's hope. Some have said, well, I pray all day. Every day, meditate upon the Lord. How many has heard that from some people? I pray all day. You're thinking, wow, this person is so spiritual. They got all the time in the world. They pray all day long. God's speaking to them left and right. And they say, you continue listening to them. I pray while I'm vacuuming. I pray while I'm looking at Facebook. I'm praying while I'm running errands. I'm praying while I'm reading the news, talking on the phone. I'm just praying all day long. My mind's upon the Lord. But if you try and pin them down to when they prayed and how long they prayed, you might find they're at a loss for words. Because something about going into a prayer closet, locking the door, and saying, this is time for just me and Jesus. Every one of us needs to have time with just you and him. It's beautiful to have corporate prayer. It's wonderful to have family prayer. But there needs to be time where you get alone with God. And you say, I'm going to lock the door to my bedroom. Mom and dad, don't bother me. I'm going to be praying. I love to hear someone in the other room at my house or wherever I am, someone praying. Just lifting up their voice to the Lord. It will do something to you. It, will, it does something to me. Amen. Can we stand to our feet? Amen. We are through tonight. Great. Amen. I'm just wanting to give you tonight just some of the nuts and bolts and encourage this church to pray. Amen. Hopefully this some something that we said tonight helped you uh, and was a blessing.